Hello! Welcome to The Signal. I'm Josh Young. And I'm Salam Shuhay. We're students with the audio workshop at University of King's College School of Journalism. Today on the show... One Husky is leading the pack at Simu this season. The top-scoring Rocky defenseman and his coach discuss his recent success. He sees the ice well, he makes plays, he's, you know, he's, he sells one, one play and, and performs another, which is it's not a lot of kids that can do that. You know, look one way past the other, look guys off, you know, he's very deceptive. Nick Welch in conversation with Josh Young coming up. Canada's new food guide is to eat your veggies. And surprise, now there are even more of them on your plate. But Talam Shuhait spoke to local business owners who say that less meat really gets their goat. This kind of guideline, it kind of lets people decide what they believe is best for them. All that and more on today's show. But first, some people in Nova Scotia are bracing for effects of changes to Ontario's student assistant plan. The province's Minister of Training, Colleges and Universities announced the restructuring of government's education spending last week. The plan includes a tuition fee reduction of 10%, and it also eliminates free tuition for low-income students, and it reduces the number of students who will quality for student loans. While students in Ontario will bear the brunt of their new plan, Aidan McNally at the Canadian Federation of Students says the impact may be felt across the country. And that's especially true to Nova Scotia, where there are more than 6,000 Ontarian students enrolled in these colleges and universities. We will hear from McNally on that in our feature interview later in the show. St. Mary's Huskies defenseman Nick Welsh is having a fantastic first season. He leads the Atlantic University sport defenseman in points, and he's on track to be the highest-scoring rookie defenseman in 11 years. I went to catch one of his games this week. Nick Welsh is on track to score an amazing 30 points in 29 games with the St. Mary's Huskies. And that's after making the jump from playing against teenagers with the Moncton Wildcats to playing against men at the university level. He's fitting right in. Uh, I think it's going really well. I mean, uh, definitely an adjustment coming from junior and playing with older guys. You know, it's a much more physical league and uh, definitely had to adjust to that. But no, you know, after that, uh, that short adjustment period towards the start of the year, I think it, it's been going really well. Trevor Steinberg is Welsh's coach. He sees the ice well, he makes plays. He's, you know, he's, he sells one, one play and, and performs another, which is, it's not a lot of kids that can do that. You know, look one way past the other, look guys off. You know, very deceptive. Steinberg isn't surprised how well Welsh is playing. Before his university season began, Welsh was invited to the Buffalo Sabres rookie camp in early September. He played in two games against the NHL prospects for Pittsburgh and New Jersey. He feels that experience set him up for his university season. It definitely did, yeah, especially at the, at the start of the year because, you know, you go a long summer without uh, playing any games or anything. So going down there and, and playing against all those top guys, it was, uh, it was definitely a big part, big part of my development, especially at the start of the year, you know, 
get back in, in game shape. Walsh's personal goal for the remainder of the season is to not get injured during the next five games before the playoffs. That is not an easy task for a 5'10 defenseman, but Welsh uses his speed and agility to avoid checks. He's always been, you know, every level he goes up, everybody says, well, he's, you know, he's too small to be effective, and he's defied the odds. Um, here he is playing university hockey, which is probably the most physical around, and, you know, he's, he's kind of like a bit of a grease cat. You can't get your hands on him, you know. He's, he moves well, he dodges, he's, he's been small his whole life, so he's learned to play that way, so... We're reaping the benefits of them, and like I said, we're pretty happy to see it. The Huskies are second in the league standings and are ranked fifth in the country. They'll be looking for a long playoff run, and Nick Welsh will certainly be a big part of any success they have. For The Signal, I'm Josh Young. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, no problem. If you're a hockey fan, there's a Mooseheads game this weekend. Three o'clock Sunday, they're playing Shakutami. Or if you're looking for some live music instead, and the Death of Winter Music Festival is in full swing. Gabriel Papillon is playing tonight at 7.30 at the Bus Stop Theater. Here is With Our Trouble. Across the ford with calculated meaning Then I calculated how to bring you home And when I stake my claim for you The balance will be overdue And the reckoning will hold you in your place When I come through to comfort you We will walk with our troubles Understand that all our grievances are buried All the debts we paid are sand And the gallery we stand upon was never meant to last Is there anybody I can heal? Is there anybody I can heal? Who takes the mic to get there? Is there anybody I can heal? 
Gabrielle Papillon is a part of the End Dead of Winter Fest. Catch her tonight at the bus stop theater at 7.30. The new Canadian Food Guide aims to revolutionize the way many people in this country eat. It recommends eating more plant-based proteins and less from animal sources. And, it's said, and it suggests making vegetables and fruits the biggest portion of your plate. Brandon Harper and Emma Beersley support the new guide, saying there is a lot of sustainable meats that can make you full and happy for hours. In their opinion, people can live a better and healthier life if they eliminate meats from their diet. Yet, people still have a choice. This kind of guideline, it kind of lets people decide what they believe is best for them. Like, it kind of keeps everything that we've, like, that we've eaten and, like, put it, like, more on a realistic scale like yeah. it, it does like focus on the main things that we're supposed to be eating but yeah. it still leaves things as an option so right. it's not like it's not like this guideline is brain like brainwashing people the guide supports a trend already underway cutting meats and dairy halifax now has three restaurants that only serves vegan food and many other have vegan options leaving some meat shops in halifax worried about their businesses Rafat Harb owns a Syrian meat shop on Almond Street. He opened his store four months ago. He has a lot of customers from different nationalities and backgrounds because he serves halal meat. He says meat is an important part of our diet because it gives us energy we can get from plants. I think the new guideline will affect my business badly because I sell meat and I just opened my store to make my life better. It will affect me financially. A new food guide means new opportunities for some industries and businesses and concerns for others. But proponents say it's a way forward to healthier people and healthier planet. Salam Shuhait for The Signal, Halifax. It's been two years since a shooting at a Quebec mosque shook Canada. Even now, many Muslims feel their safety is threatened by Islamophobia. That's led a Halifax man to take matters into his own hands. He is using education to fight back. Nabal Sanan has more. Police have been deployed to the mosques across Quebec City. Two masked suspects entered uh, the mosque and at least one started shooting. Six counts of first-degree murder. We have never seen anything like it in Canada. Last night's horrible crime against... January 29th, 2017. A day many will never forget. In the wake of the Quebec mosque shooting, many Canadians united in support of a Muslim community. Still, the fear and sadness continues to haunt many. Peaceful society, that's the right response. In Halifax, Sayed Adnan Hussein is an assistant professor at St. Mary's University. He gives public lectures about the Quran at the Halifax Central Library on Spring Garden Road. Hussein says he has seen media reports about the presence of far-right 
anti-Muslim and anti-immigrant groups in Halifax. As a Muslim man of color, the reports make Hussein nervous. I'm very concerned uh, that the city is a safe space for my children. In his lectures, Hussein said he is teaching people from all backgrounds about the Quran because it's an important book for Muslims from all sects. They can read the Quran themselves. It gives them an easy opportunity to constantly check what their teacher is teaching them. And I think that's an excellent invitation for people to start doing some of this work on their own, which is the goal, is to empower them to be their own teachers. Lorraine Day attends the lectures regularly. I just feel that right now in society there's so much animosity, and I think that animosity and uh, friction, I think a lot of it's based on not really understanding, just preconceived notions. Hussein has encountered some of this friction in his daily life. He says he feels the tension when he calls repairmen into his home. I have encouraged uh, my partner, who's Caucasian, uh, to engage with them, and so I hide sometimes. And that's, it's unfortunate that that's the, that's the reality of it. Day says Islamophobia can't be brushed under the rug. There's a constant friction or a battle, and sometimes the way of handling it is to not say anything, right? Not bring up the subjects, and I'm kind of tired of that. Life's too short. Not to say what you believe. Hussein wants his lectures to be a platform for conversation. This is outreach which I think is critical for our safety and our survival in cities like Halifax, which don't have as much critical Muslim presence as maybe a city like Toronto might have. Hussein hopes his lectures will bring people in Halifax closer. The lectures are held at the Halifax Central Library on Spring Garden Road every Wednesday at 1 p.m. For The Signal, I'm Nibal Snan. You're listening to The Signal on CKDU 88.1 FM in Halifax. This is storytelling from the audio workshop at the University of King's College School of Journalism. I'm Josh Young. And I'm Salam Shuhei. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at SignalHFX. Still to come, more Nova Scotians will see themselves represented on stage in months to come. The Neptune Theatre is bridging the gap between casts and audiences. It's a way to celebrate the fact that there is a diverse community here in Halifax. Jessica Brian spoke to the artist director about their upcoming plays. And the 2019 poster for African Heritage Month was unveiled this week. On it, a quilt and the words, Our history is your history. I just think graphics are exceptionally important. Uh, 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 no graphics, no revolution. Our reporter, Emma Welke, has the story. As we mentioned earlier in the show last week, the Ontario government announced cuts to their provincial students' assistance plan. Some people are worried that it will have a big impact here on Nova Scotia too. I spoke with Aidan McNally, chair of the Canadian Federation Students in Nova Scotia. Welcome to The Signal. Can you tell me about some of the specific changes being made to the university funding structure in Ontario? 
Absolutely. So earlier this week, the Ford government announced a number of changes for post-secondary education, uh, You know, many of which are disastrous for students who seek financial assistance, but also it threatens the rights of students to organize. So specifically in terms of funding structures, the Ford government announced a 10% overall reduction in tuition fees, which isn't being matched by increases to government funding, which means that universities across the board are receiving a 4% budget cut. And we know that despite there being a 10% reduction in tuition fees, we actually saw some incredibly harmful changes to student assistance, which really don't make post-secondary education any more affordable. How will this affect students in Ontario? So students in Ontario pay the highest tuition fees in the country. And, uh, you know, despite seeing a 10% reduction in tuition fees, the changes to the Ontario Student Assistance Program, or OSAP, are going to be disastrous for students. We saw overall students will now be taking on a higher percentage of loans compared to the grants that they were receiving. We also saw the elimination of what's being called the free tuition program in Ontario, which provided an upfront grant for students and families making less than $50,000. So overall, education just got a lot more expensive for students in Ontario. Can you tell me about what effect it will have here on Nova Scotia? Nova Scotia is a net importer of students. Just this year alone, we saw 6,000 students come from Ontario to study at Nova Scotia universities and colleges. Uh, we know that students receive financial assistance from the province uh, where they are from, which means that this change impacts the thousands of students who are studying here in Nova Scotia. Furthermore, these student assistance cuts are being framed in a way that they're going to be offset by the reduction in tuition fees in Ontario, which simply isn't going to impact students here in Nova Scotia who already pay some of the highest tuition fees in the country now with even less support. What's the possible impact on Nova Scotian universities' bottom line? You know, I think Nova Scotia universities have been going down a very scary path where over the last three years, we've seen average tuition fees increase by more than 20%. We are seeing one of the least accessible systems of post-secondary education across the country and a increased reliance on students from Ontario. I think there's a very real possibility that attending post-secondary education in Nova Scotia is going to be less of a possibility for many students. And is going is indicative of the wider issue which is that high tuition fees uh, impact students ability to get the education that they need in today's job market so if ontario students did not come here to nova scotia does that affect the nova scotian universities and funding for that I think it definitely has a possibility of impacting uh, Nova Scotian universities because the reality is for most universities, uh, half or more of their budgets are now derived from tuition fees that students pay as over the last couple decades, funding for institutions from the government has been on the decline. This means that universities in Nova Scotia, uh, I think, can expect or should be concerned about a decrease of students coming from Ontario, which could negatively impact their abilities to budget and the quality of education that they're able to provide. So how does it affect students here in Nova Scotia? So if you're a Nova Scotia student at a Nova Scotia university, I think we what we see is that when there is decline in enrollment or there's a decrease in the amount of funding from tuition fees, we see students being turned to to uh, bear the brunt of 
those costs, unfortunately. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was Aidan McNally, chair. That was Aidan McNally, chair of the Canadian Federation of Students, Nova Scotia. Now it's your turn to tell us what you think. Tweet us at SignalHFX and let us know what are your concerns about the impact of Ontario's plan. In the dead of winter music festivals on this weekend, and if the winter is getting you down, local songwriter T. Thomason is playing tonight. Here he is to cheer you up with bliss. My father said, Get out there and look around Get out of your head and be glad for the ground Cause you never know, you never know, you never know what's coming He said, I raised you to think critically I raised you to smile while you bleed I raised you to be someone, to be something He said, hold on to this Past all your fears, you will find bliss Hold on to this Past all your fears, you will find bliss My mother said, hey son, when you coming home? Can you call me more when you're gone? Cause you never know, you never know, you never know Just what's coming She said when you were born and you looked at me Well, we had to go and get out of that city We're runaways, babe Runaways to the sea She taught me this Past all your fears you will find she taught me this Past all your fears you will find Father, I go Footprints I leave ain't mine no more, no Stepping, stepping, stepping with a changing shadow I just walk and hope I'm getting close Catching up with all the ghosts I'd like to get to know So I hold on to this all your fears, you will find bliss. Yeah. Hold on to this. Past all your fears, you will find bliss. That was T. Thomason with Bliss. He's also performing tonight as a part of the In the Dead Win- In the Dead of Winter Music Festival. That's at 9 p.m. at the Mayflower Mayflower Curling Club. Halifax's Young Star will also be featured on the launch on CTV, February 6th. African Heritage Month is already off to a joyous start in Nova Scotia, even though it does not officially start until next week. 
organizers unveiled the official poster at Province House. As Emma Welke tells us, it features a quilt with a message for everyone. Let's not be too serious. This African Heritage Month is the kickoff. Okay, let's lighten the mood. Let's enjoy. Tony Ince is the Minister for African Nova Scotian Affairs. He introduced this year's theme to a happy crowd at Province House on Wednesday. Our history is your history. The theme reminds us that acknowledging, understanding, and appreciating the diversity that exists in Nova Scotia will help to facilitate positive change in our future. With a complex history going back over 200 years, Ince says African Nova Scotian stories are interwoven with the history of all Nova Scotians. And that's the meaning behind the image on this year's poster. A quilt! In all cultures, quilts are seen as a, a way to share information, to pass traditions on from generation to generation. Russell Gross is the executive director of the Black Cultural Centre and head of the African Heritage Month Information Network. It produces the poster every year. So when we look at this year's theme, Our History is Your History, we're looking at the shared contributions of African Nova Scotians and those of people of all races and cultures in Nova Scotia and how that uh, together creates a fabric of what we call Nova Scotia. The images on the quilt come from various moments in African Nova Scotian history. From Africville during the explosion to the first African Nova Scotian burial ground in Amherst. Uh, Citadel Hill, which the Jamaican Maroons would have uh, did work on. Images like uh, the Colored Hockey League of the Maritimes. Various images that symbolize the togetherness of uh, the history and the shared history that we have in Nova Scotia. Inclusion. Legacy. Past and future. The quilt makes for a poster that gathered a crowd after the launch. Among those in admiration was Gary Burrell, leader of the Nova Scotia NDP. I just think graphics are exceptionally important. Uh, no graphics, no revolution. There is a long list of events throughout February and into early March where people from all backgrounds can celebrate African Nova Scotia heritage. For The Signal, I'm Emma Wilkie. If you would like to see a picture of that poster, we, can, we, ha we have tweeted it out at SignalHFX. You can see a full list of events at ansa.novascotia.ca. That's ANSA. And we will be tweeting out that link too. When Jeremy Webb took over the role of artistic director at Neptune Theatre about a year ago, it became his responsibility to decide what shows would appear on Neptune's main stage. The latest play represents one of his big goals, better representation of diverse communities. Jessica Briand went to Neptune to speak with Webb and some cast members. Neptune Theatre's 2019 season will feature two plays, The Bridge and The Color Purple, that star a predominantly black cast. Jeremy Webb is the artistic director. You know, I'm a middle-aged white British man. Right, and I run a regional theatre. There's a lot of people that look like me that work in our industry. Um, and so if I'm aware of that and just uh, make a point of not having everyone that looks like me on this stage or working on shows uh, or in this building, then that's, I think that's a good thing. The Bridge opened this week. It's written by Shantae Grant. 
The story focuses on two brothers at odds with each other in a black Nova Scotian community. Their stories aren't being told, and it's a way to celebrate the fact that there is a diverse community here in Halifax. Sophia Walker is a cast member. Meeting Shante Grant and, and meeting um, some of the other cast members who are from here, I'm amazed at how much black culture is here and how long people have lived here. I don't have that in Toronto. My family is from the islands and immigrated and our communities are the little that we have. Walker also noted the importance of representation on stage. You know, when you take a story that is very specific to a culture, you see faces coming to the theatre that never see shows. Mm -hmm. And hear audience members say, I've never been to this theatre. I never cared to come because I couldn't relate to the stories. This story made me come out. This story makes me want to see theatre. And that is like, that's what you want. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) New faces, or at least new butts in the seats of Neptune, is exactly what Jeremy Webb has been aiming for in his programming. Everyone from our community should feel welcome and included and represented on these stages. Webb has next year's lineup planned, but isn't ready to reveal it. He did say, however, that audiences can expect it to continue the theme of being more representative of different communities. You can catch The Bridge on the Fountain Hall stage from now until February 10th. For The Signal, I'm Jessica Briand. That's our show for today. If there's anything you want to hear again, we'll be posting a link to our social media feeds. Our handle is Signal Radio HFX on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks this week to producer Dylan Coots, associate producer Nibal Sinan, Jessica Briand, and our social media editor for this week. And, as always, a shout-out to our technician, Mark Peno in the control room, and our audio professor, Pauline Dakin. We'll be back next week with more stories. Have a great weekend.